Welcome to the Sounds of the World. We are your hosts, Hillary and Bill. Together, we're going to travel around the world to discover new music, discuss musical topics, and interview fascinating people. Our world is a buffet of music, and it is time to eat. All right, welcome back, everybody, to the Sounds of the World podcast. Um, our guest today was born and raised in Michigan. Uh, she started playing drums at 13 when she joined a drum and bugle corps in her hometown. She got her first set of drums in high school and joined a band after she graduated, playing five nights a week. I remember those days. She started teaching drumline for her high school's feeder program when she was 17 and has been teaching ever since. She's played in a variety of bands, including polka, rock, theater groups, symphony orchestras, jazz trios, and accompanies um, high school or school concerts when an experienced drummer is needed. She's formerly the drummer for a classic rock new country band called Badlander, and is also the drummer for an all-city choir um, that has three big concerts a year. She's garnered a large audience on her YouTube page, as well as her Instagram, where she is routinely posts warm-up exercises that are simple and effective in teaching a skill or rudiment. Today, we're going to be talking to her about her life, growing up as one of the only females in the percussion world, favorite rudiments, and more. Please welcome Dorothea Taylor. Woohoo! <laughs> Hello, welcome. everyone. Welcome. Thank, Thank you. you so much for being here. Oh, you're welcome. My pleasure. It is a pleasure. Like I was saying earlier, uh, you know, the first time I ever saw you was on the Downward the Sickness video. And it was it was mind boggling. And then going into the deep dives and following the other Dremio videos and uh, your Instagram footage and um, doing the rudiments and all sorts of things. I used to play percussion, so it's great to see it. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Now, why do you say you used to play percussion? What oh, <laughs> well, uh, I, I played drums a lot between 16 and like mid 20s. And then I got into teaching and focused more on being a composer where I actually have a I finally got my Ph.D. in music composition. Oh, cool. OK. Yeah, because I I always get that uh, that statement from people I used to play drums mm. and then I always wonder because I used to play drums too but I still do <laughs> and, and so I mean I I got married and I had three children so of course you know during those years of taking care of babies and all I wasn't playing as often but I do remember that I was in a band yeah with our first one, I was in a band playing five nights a week, and I, my husband would just, you know, put the baby to bed about nine, and and I played from nine until one. And, wow! Uh, and then I think I was pregnant with my, our second one, and I was playing five nights a week too, right up until the end. And, Dang. and yeah, so because my husband worked, you know, full daytime job, and then he was there, so when the baby went, babies went to bed it was late anyway and so mm -hmm. he was happy to do that and then then i would get home late and you know have the baby until i went back the next night but it was good uh extra spending money mm -hmm. to buy things for the kids that whatever they needed shoes clothes whatever and uh, and i just loved it so much that i did it and then i'm sure there were 
few years here and there that I probably just had the drums put away and maybe just had some sticks occasionally. And, and then by 80, 1986, 84, I had my last child. And 86, I started teaching drum line at the high school. And I mean, so I've been teaching drum lines and stuff since 86 here wow. in Myrtle Beach. Wow. So, you know, there hasn't been that much of a lag time where I wasn't doing anything, wasn't teaching or wasn't playing. Mm -hmm. So it's just part of me. I have to do it. I just, I would be bored to death if I didn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think this has been the longest break I've ever had between teaching percussion. I taught for 10 years in numerous states and uh, this is probably the biggest lag I've had between teaching and uh or anything like that i used to have a set and then now i'm just down to sticks and practice pads <laughs> but but sticks and pads can keep your chops that's true and if it's not the practice pad i just use my stomach so yeah. <laughs> you can use your lap <laughs> yep yep use my lap there's no excuse for practicing singles and doubles that's what i've been teaching uh, because i've been teaching drumio as a co drumio coach, they have something new they've never had before. Oh, cool! And there's ten of us coaches. I mean, Todd Zuckerman from Sticks. He's oh, wow! Oh my yeah. god! Wow! Sarah Thower, uh, and she's this amazing drummer that you know she does a lot of projects. She's originally uh, Indian, so she knows the Indian rhythms. But I mean, oh, wow. she's drum set player, just awesome and uh john wooten who oh yeah the professor doctorate professor at uh southern mississippi mm -hmm. he's written books and so i mean there's a lot of really really good uh instructors and then they asked me to do it and i was like okay <laughs> <laughs> so i'm i'm happen to be one of them but i you know i i kind of am doing my approach as uh, helping the newbies just getting started. And, and yeah. I think people who said, I used to play drums when I was young and now I'm taking it up. And so, I, you know, I te teach technique, you know, singles and doubles and inverted paradiddles and things, getting their hands to work and how, when you learn them, how to apply them on the drum kit. And so that's kind of my job as far as uh, being a coach with them. And then we get to answer questions throughout the week people write in because the it's the Latin the lesson is live mm -hmm. but then they archive it and so anybody that pays you know a, a yearly fee or you know annually biannually they they get to look at any of the coaches and so oh, it's cool. all archived and oh, so wow. those lessons they can look and go back as many times as they want ah. so they have one-on-one -on -one instruction so it's, it's been fun. So we started the first one the first week in January. So we've all had our like our fifth lesson now. Oh, wow. So it's an hour long, hour long lesson. And you have to be prepared to fill that whole hour. Yeah. So. Yeah, that was always so I've experience. Yeah, I'm sure. I, I always felt like I, you know, part of me kind of struggled getting into making sure that I had enough to talk about. But then once it that's like it came to be yeah well then like once you were actually in there and you were really dissecting 
you know, yes. that stroke or your hands or whatever you were doing, it really like, wait, it's already been an hour. We just started. <laughs> yeah. yeah, because I'm just looking. I have a camera set up right there. Mm -hmm. That's what I, you're seeing me on that camera. And so I'm the first lesson, uh, the little screen that comes up where you can see yourself on the camera. Yeah. My, my cameras have that. Well, we didn't know that was there. So I was just looking at this black <laughs> dead camera and I was, my heart was just pounding. pounding. Like, ah, am I doing this? <laughs> and I was like, I'm hoping they're hearing me. I don't even know, you know, oh. I, I pushed all the right buttons on the computer that they told me to get it started. And, and so luckily uh, you can, I have my iPad set up where it's live and you can see the chat coming in. Mm -hmm. Finally, I got it working and so i could see and they were saying yes everything's working and it's like <laughs> <laughs> oh because man they're you know controlling it from i i'm imagining you know vancouver so they're at like a control desk and so oh, okay you know they're they're trying to let us know if something is going haywire so far knock on wood mine have been okay some of the other instructors, they've had problems and oh no, yeah, they've had some audio or video problems. But as far as I'm aware, mine has worked completely every time, and I didn't even know what I was doing. Yeah, <laughs> like the pandemic has had to teach us a lot about getting your audio and your video. Oh because <laughs> before it was like, oh yeah, I think I've Facetimed a few times and I've Skyped. Yeah. <laughs> And then yeah. I was like, okay, can you do Zoom? Can you do Google Hangouts? Can you do this? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I didn't even own a computer. We have one in the house, my husband has, but I've never even messed with it. I didn't even know how to t turn a computer on. Oh, wow. And so, you know, I have this computer and I have a mixer and I have microphones and the in-ear and my drums are all mic'd. And, but that was just so foreign to me. So I'm getting used to it now getting where I know what buttons to push. Oh, yeah. Hey, there you go. That's all you can ask. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When we started doing uh, yeah. this podcast, I was just like, I didn't know what we were going to do. Cause I was, we had like the mics on the computers and, you know, I don't have an interface or anything. And so we're like, oh. <laughs> Find the, like, hopefully my mic is good enough because that's what I've got at the moment. <laughs> my mic on my computer <laughs> oh yeah no i i hear you good yeah I, I, this is my whole setup oh watch this watch this oh yeah. overhead so, drum cam yeah so when i'm playing they can see all of my overhead that is amazing i yeah. love that <laughs> i'm like Me too. Yeah. like i, I need I one of those <laughs> so that's two cameras and this midi switcher uh has two more i guess i could put like one in the front and one at my feet if eventually maybe i don't know yeah but i mean the cameras are expensive so i don't know if yeah. i want to buy another one yeah. or not. two i think the two <laughs> angles are amazing yeah, yeah i think the two two is pretty good yeah so they yeah. can see me you know when i'm uh here splitting and then if if i need to i put the overhead on and then i have where I can connect my phone to, you know, I can pull out a track from my phone, whether it's on Apple or just 
like a YouTube play along or whatever. It goes straight through the mixer, so everything comes out evenly. And so it's wow. pretty cool. That is yeah. awesome. That is really cool. for me. Yeah. Well, uh, I I know I have one question. Um, the question is, uh, do you come from a musical family? We kind of talked about your 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 musical background a little bit, but maybe you could dive in a little more about your background. Well, no one in my family. I have a very small family. I have a sister. She's younger, and she did decide to march and play drums also after I left. She's six and a half years younger. So when I got married young and, and left, she wasn't even playing yet. Mm -hmm. I don't think she joined until she was like 13 or 14. So her marching days, I was like 1,500 to 2,000 miles away. So I never really saw wow. her play. Yeah. But my mom didn't play anything. My dad didn't play anything. But my dad's mother she could play piano by ear oh, and nice. then my dad's sister who lived with with her mom and dad she played piano by note and so i guess i guess maybe that's how i got it and then you know there was only other one my uncle had one child so it's very small ch uh, you know family but mm -hmm. i think i think that cousin was musical too uh, but he never took any lessons. He played golf instead. So it wasn't <laughs> like I came from a big musical family or anything. Oh, very cool. And you started lessons pretty young or you just went through the school districts? No, I never was in band. I oh, never okay. did school band. No, it was just a drum and bugle corps and it didn't have anything to do with school. It was sponsored, uh, I believe, through the American Legion because oh. we practiced at the American Legion building and just uh, had we really didn't even have professional uh, instructors. We always just had like the oldest one that was ready to age out. He was all the well, he's like first snare. And so he would pass down the info. And and that's about, you know, that was about it. But I've just always kept my chops up. And then when YouTube, I don't know how many years YouTube has been, you know, popular, but I would look up all the latest in drums, uh, styles and everything. And I, I got Modern Drummer Magazine. Mm. I would get a monthly prescription, a subscription, subscription. <laughs> <laughs> I need my drum prescription, please. <laughs> yes, you need it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, there was always all the popular drummers, well-known drummers. And then I would read all about them and the, they always had notation in the book. Mm -hmm. So I would try to pick up things like that. Oh, and then cool. we, then I bought a bunch of VHS. I still have them. Yes. All over there. And ah, with all it. kinds of different instructors on there, famous people. So I would study all the, them and all their methods, you know, like Steve Gadd and Steve Smith and Dave Weckl and so all of those are in those VHS. Um, and that's really how I kept up my chops is just studying, not personally lessons, but just uh, studying the, the greats yeah. through YouTube instruction. And then YouTube now has just gotten better and better. You can look up anything on YouTube. Oh, yeah. So if there's Good or bad. 
<laughs> yeah, right. If, if I need to know something, a style or, you know, how to go straight to YouTube and find out. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, made me think of all the students that, you know, I would meet when I was in a high school or something like, oh, I learned because I watched this or I was, you know, I haven't taken any lessons and uh, they were only there for marching band or, you know, they didn't want to do concert band or whatever. Uh -huh. and <laughs> so they were like, oh, I only learned because I'm a big uh, Neil Pert fan or I'm a big Josh Freeze fan or something, you know. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Uh, I did join a, a, a local symphony orchestra and I joined, but I was frightened because reading classical music is different than marching music. Mm -hmm. The notation is completely different. And in, in classical music, they might put one sixty-fourth note in a measure and then there's all kinds of squiggly rests rather <laughs> than just put one daggum quarter note because how are you going to make a yeah fourth note sound any different than a quarter note on a drum right <laughs> but, but it's the way that it's the composer writes it and so yeah. it's just so many weird things on the paper but our uh, principal timpanist was a lady and she kind of helped me through and so then i i got better and better and and realizing well i'll tell you one thing funny but it wasn't funny at the time because we had a new <laughs> conductor he was very strict. He was a real short guy and really strict. So <laughs> drums, percussion in a symph symphonic orchestra, you don't really play that much. No. You might have a hundred measures of nothing or more. You know, you just right. count and count. And the time signatures change. And you look at somebody and say, where the heck are we? And so <laughs> I had one little cymbal crash. You know, it was coming up. It was coming up. <laughs> you know, and I was counting and then I was like, I'm not really sure if I'm on the right count or the right measure. And I? so I got the dirty look and I was like, oops, I missed it. <laughs> I, was I was holding him up forever. And then I was like, oh, I know I just missed it. And he looked over at me. I was like, oh, no. He's over there like, you had one note. That's all you had to do. Yeah. 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 I could tell you. had to count 100 there. measures to get there. Yeah. And if you weren't really, you know, that familiar with, with that music, you didn't know where that one little crash was. Oh, yeah. So, symphonic percussion, I don't know. I'd rather be playing funk behind a drum set any day. You know? <laughs> <laughs> symphonic music is like, Ooh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think we've all had those moments where we miss that cue and you have to do the, the slow position back put the symbols back and like, yeah, whoops. like whoops, whoops. <laughs> <laughs> or one little triangle ting yep after you know page after page and then you had a little ting then you're standing behind the violins and they have 64 don't run all going crazy and i'm getting paid the same amount i felt guilty and i just had a little ping yeah. Or a boom on a bass drum. It just wasn't right. I think you chose wisely is what you're trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> you they can do this without really need, work. They shouldn't have even written those those little notation notations in there for percussion. Because <laughs> it wasn't necessary. I guess they just figured, oh, 
we put a little ting right there, you know, write all the uh, <laughs> string instruments back in there, writing, writing. Oh, we'll put a crash here. Yeah. <laughs> it's like adding a little spice. Yeah. yeah Highlights on top. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's a lot yeah. more fun playing rock or, or funk or blues. <laughs> oh, man. Like, just the energy is like night and day with some of that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Totally different. Unless you're, <laughs> unless you're a violinist, you know, you can play your heart. Yeah. Out. And you're shredding on your mind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But just a percussionist, unless it's a piece written for, you know, like busy timpani work or mallet and vibraphone and all that. But the, the basic songs and the pieces that we were doing. Yeah. There, yeah. Were, there were no real percussion parts in those. I always hated it, too, when you would show up for rehearsal and they're like, OK, we're going to be working on this movement. And you're like, oh, yes, I play in that. And then we just rehearsed everything but the parts that you actually played. And so you're mm -hmm. that, you're sitting there just like, too. oh, my gosh. <laughs> Please, I just want to play the one note. Make me yeah. so satisfied. <laughs> yes, that happened quite a bit. Oh, my goodness. I hope that guy's not listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this is a universal experience. <laughs> I'm hoping that I wasn't the only one. <laughs> oh, I've done it too, so it's okay. <laughs> okay. Okay, good. Good. <laughs> we had a guy in our concert band who we were doing one of the whole suites. And in the first movement, you know how it goes back to the decapo before yeah. the and then in at the minuet and uh or the trio. And at the trio section before it starts, there's a big cymbal crash. Only on the first time though. And so we came back oh. and we were going through it again. And there was, and he, the conductor cut us off and he went, <laughs> we were like, no, no. <laughs> and he had to do the slow motion back down. Just, there we go. <laughs> and probably wanted to crawl into the disappearing stairway somewhere. Oh yeah. Embarrassing. <laughs> Or have you seen the video of the two percussionists? Um, one's playing a big triangle, the other one's playing bass drum, and the triangle player is going crazy on the triangle, and the bass drummer is getting ready for a big smack. And as he smacks it, the triangle falls from the hanger and clatters <laughs> down to the ground. And they all they both just freeze there. They're like, put their hands down slowly. They don't move anything. Yeah, I was at that concert. That was at LSU. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> no, I haven't seen that one. Oh, that's a good one. Oh, the joys <laughs> of percussion. <laughs> but the, the young boy that was playing, he was standing there mm. next to the bass drum and the snare, and the cymbal just falls apart. And yeah. He, just, uh, he puts his hand over his heart. Yeah, for the national anthem. Yes. <laughs> the look, the look on his face when they just crash, and then he's. <laughs> I know. At least he went to that instead of like try to pick it up and fix it. And... <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was funny too. Oh. Such a loss. <laughs> stand tall, stand proud. <laughs> oh, so who were some of your big inspirations? Well, to start.
start out with back back in the day, it had to be Buddy Rich mm. because he was always on Johnny Carson. Yeah. At eleven thirty at night, you know, it was late. But my father worked the um, either the midnight shift or the afternoon shift where he would get home at like eleven thirty ish. And so my mom was always up. And so if I was in bed and Buddy came on, she would run up the stairs and say, Buddy's on. And I would wake up, you know, <laughs> run downstairs, watch the drum solo, and then go back to bed and get up for school the next morning. Oh, so, I loved it. You know, it was, I don't, I might have been playing drum set. I mean, uh, drums, marching, but I don't even think I owned a drum set yet. I was quite young. And. Oh, that was my first big inspiration because he was just totally amazing, totally. And so since then, you know, I have, I have so many. But Vinny Kaliuta, oh my goodness, that guy, his style is just so. Oh, <laughs> so sweet. yeah, yeah. So I wrote down a few, but there. I mean, I have a lot. Like, um, and I was going to go back up and say. Karen Carpenter. I don't know oh, if you remember yeah. the Carpenters. Karen Carpenter, she was my age. Okay. She was a few months older than me. And so just seeing her behind a drum set, that was the first woman yeah. that I had ever seen on TV playing the drums. And she was good. And then she would do like solos and they would be on um Oh, some of the the music, Ed, Ed Sullivan show, and mm -hmm. I think they were on Johnny Carson also, and maybe De David Letterman. I don't remember, but I would see her. And so she was an inspiration, knowing that, yeah, so girls and women do play drums. So she did inspire me back then. Oh, and cool. then she unfortunately died at a young age, I think, from uh, anorexia, I think. And she yeah, I think it was something like really, that. Really, really skinny, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then so then I have besides Vinny, I have Benny Greb. He has a different style, just a different style. And Annika Nillis, both of them are German, and so they remind me kind of each other. Mm -hmm. the, their styles, and it, it's a different. I mean, they're amazing drummers, but their style is different. So I really love them. And Dave, Dave Weckel, Steve Smith, Steve Gad, uh, Keith Carlock. Just to mention, just the top of off the top of my head, I love all those guys. I feel like I'm getting a, a good drum history lesson because I don't I don't drum at all, and I I grew up singing, and I'm like, oh, this is great, and I now have this list to go look up on YouTube. <laughs> Thanks you for yeah, you really really need look up Annika. I think it's pronounced Nillis. It's N I L L E S, I believe. Okay. And A N I K A. She is just like out of this world. She's young, mm. not like teenager, but I mean, she's a young lady. And mm -hmm. her style is she plays in these intricate time changes and just, just amazing. And then Benny Greb, you know, he's fairly, fairly new. I don't know how many years that I've, it's been since I've noticed him. But it's not like he's been around for 30 years playing or whatever, because he's not old either. Right. So I really, really like him. So you need to check him out. And Keith Carlock, just his, 
he has a style and he holds his like he holds his stick usually you hold it here at the fulcrum area mm -hmm. in your traditional grip but he holds his back here and he so he has this specific grip that he uses and he comes up with the coolest solos just really you know chopping out and so i love to watch him and dave weckel we had him when i worked in the music store we had him as a clinician and he just blew my mind i had no idea what he was even playing it was just <laughs> so so amazing and intricate and he was a good guy we i remember we all went out after the clin clinic the um zildjian sales guy was there with him and the the Yamaha sales rep was there. And so we all went out to dinner, all of wow. us that worked at the ah. store and just <laughs> sat around the table and talked music and just, he was just so friendly. So I remember Dave Weckl and that's been 25 years probably ago that he was at the store and uh, Steve Gadd. I mean, I love Steve Gadd style because he plays I like to say that I play something like him as far as rudimental wise, because his grooves have rudiments in them, like mm -hmm. inverted uh, doubles when he plays these different licks. And you can hear the, the ratamacues and the you know, double paradiddles and, and things like that in, in his grooves. He's a rudimental player. Hmm. So I really like him. So that's just a few of my... Ah, I love it. Like, people that uh, I'll just go on, on YouTube and just pick out something and just watch and drool over. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it. Yeah, it's it's always fascinating to hear people's uh, inspirations, who they really, who really speaks to them, no matter what uh, genre or area that they're in, you know? And yeah, I remember John listening. Bonham. John Bonham. Oh, John Bonham, of course. Him. I love John Bonham because I loved Zeppelin back then. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I forgot to mention him. Yeah. I, that's who I grew I grew up listening to John Bonham and Mitch Mitchell mm -hmm. uh, from Jimi yeah. Hendrix. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And awesome they were drummers. Yeah. They were amazing. And I remember trying to learn all their patterns and, and grooves and Bonham was always yeah. the hardest one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What he does with this bass alone is just mind-boggling to my. I know, I know. And then who was the drummer from Chicago? That was a good drummer too. Oh, what was his name? He was a really good drummer, and he played traditional grip, I believe. Do you? Really yeah. Do you prefer the drummers that do traditional grip, or does it matter? It doesn't matter, but yet uh, the, <laughs> all the ones that I really love do play traditional. I just think that they have tra been trained more. That's mm. just me now. That's just me. Mm -hmm. Because they, ha they come from that school of, you know, learning the basic fundamentals mm -hmm. from teachers that taught traditional. So I just like the way it looks. Mm-hmm. But you I think... use both on the drum kit. Oh, okay. You thinking Danny Serafin? Well, I know who that is, but that might be. That might have been him. But I remember Chicago's having a, a really good drummer. 
because that was a really good band. Yeah, that's that's who they list at least. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it has to be him then. Yeah, yeah. I I just you know, and then when I was getting older and watching people like Travis Barker and um, Josh Freeze, like I said, and um, a couple of other ones, it's just. I wasn't in until probably my twenties when a friend really showed me who Neil Pert was. And I was just like, Oh wow. Okay. The, the grooves that he does is just impossible. <laughs> it's just amazing to me, but yeah. He had that 25th anniversary kit and a doctor here in town bought that kit. Oh, really? Didn't really know how to put it together and tune it. So he, <laughs> got me to come to his house and and tune it up and and set it up exactly like neil and oh, oh my wow. goodness that was such fun wow I did the doctor it. play not really, <laughs> not really. <laughs> just a total beginner he just liked neil pert and you know he had the money he's a surgeon so he had enough money to uh to get the kit wow. oh man that's cool With all the symbols all the arrangement of symbols and just massive kit all the way around so of course i got to play it after i tuned it you had to test it right make sure it's in good order that's right i had i had to do it just quality control oh wow so you spoke a little bit about karen carpenter kind of being an inspiration for you as a female percussionist um do you feel that maybe as a female drummer, um, it kind of affects the way people look at you or affects the way people might um, uh, affect your teaching maybe? Well, I think so, especially now since uh, I have such a big social media following. I have like, I think it's like 258,000 followers on TikTok. And I just oh. haven't even been on there that long. And then <laughs> I had 222,000, I think, on Instagram and then got hacked. Yeah. I was afraid I wasn't going to have any. But, oh. you know, a little angel came to my rescue and found some hackers and they hacked it back for me. Wow. Incredible. But yeah. I had like 20,000 people that just unfollowed because of yeah. what the hacker was putting up. I think it frightened them and they didn't want to get hacked. And so now I'm having to try to build it back up. I remember that. That was, it was so crazy. Scary. Yeah. I woke up in the morning and it was gone and my heart was pounding. Aww. And I sat at my uh, kitchen table with my phone in one hand and my iPad in another and we were trying I had people on the phone trying to help me and we were doing this and that. And I was, I did it like all day long and nothing happened. I, the next day I got up, started it again. I was on the mm -hmm. phone with all kinds of different people. And then that person would call so-and-so and they, they said, try this. And we had tried everything. Mm. And then I kept getting messages from the hacker. Really? From Turkey. Yeah. And he would, oh he would ask for, you know, big amounts of money to get it back and Aww. then he started sending messages to some of my followers telling them that if they you know raise enough money that he'll they'll 
put it back for me. And oh, my God. It was crazy. That's insane. Ugh, people. Yeah. Me- yeah, we were trying to get uh, as many people as possible to, like, flag it as, like, a, a hacked account, you know, and we were trying to share it with people and be like, comment and be like, flag this, flag it, flag it. He's got to stop. This is not mm-hmm. right. You know, and so many people did, I think thousands and thousands, because I've gotten I received messages Mm -hmm. and I could I could see, even though I couldn't get into it, somehow I could see things that were going on. I can't remember now exactly what it was or how I did it. Hmm. It might have been the people that were helping me, but you could see messages from other people telling him you know, cussing them out and just telling them, you know, telling them off. And so it it just, it was terrible. It was really scary. So it took about five, four or five days. And then somebody called me and said, we got it back for you. Oh, and wow. And I was like, you did? And it wasn't Instagram. Uh-huh. They don't help at all. They still haven't helped. I yeah. still don't have a profile picture. It will not allow me to put a profile picture up there. Wow, that's insane. Uh, that's crazy. Maybe when you get the blue check, they'll let you do one. <laughs> yeah, well, I've I've applied for it, but nothing has happened. Man, so that's crazy. You Instagram. <laughs> yeah, I just don't understand. They they have not helped at all. Mm. I think there's one person that works for Instagram. And there's a bazillion people that have Instagram. And I think there's only that one guy that works <laughs> out of his closet or something. <laughs> Phone's ringing and you just like, ignore, ignore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what it seems like because there's nothing that's happening with, mm. with Instagram. They're mm. just not doing anything. Come on, Instagram. Fix this. It's ridiculous. Yes, it <laughs> I try every five or six days I'll put a picture and the picture will come up there in the little circle. And then when I click on done, I get a message on the bottom saying, cannot do this at this time, blah, 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 or whatever. Oh man. That's so annoying. (laughs) It is because then I get messages like every day saying, you need to put a profile picture back. (laughs) I (laughs) I would love to be able to, but I can't. Uh, so if you're looking for on Instagram, it's the one that doesn't have a, f- a picture on it. Exactly. That is the, because I think some of the people that haven't followed me back, I think they're afraid because mm. of what that guy or the hackers, plural, what they would put up because they mm-hmm. would change the profile picture. They, they changed it several times because I, I think it was my daughter could see it on her phone when oh, she would come okay. over. We could see it. And he would put all kinds of crazy stuff up and they mm-hmm. let him do that. But now that I have it back, they won't let me put my picture up. Jeez. <laughs> I remember he would post videos that were like mildly inappropriate and we would all like flag it and, you know, get taken <laughs> yeah, down. And you then knew, you knew it wasn't me. Right. <laughs> and then he'd post another crazy thing and we're like, nope, flag that one too. <laughs> so we're taking him down one flag at a time. <laughs> yeah. But I had to redo my passwords mm-hmm. on both of my Gmail accounts. I had to do 
um, change my you know account and everything, get a different uh, email through Instagram. I had to do uh, mm. Facebook. I had to change all of that because wow. of that little yeah. punk. Mm. Yeah, I remember it. Talented. If they are that smart that they can make a message to send to you to look that legitimate, then use those talents to build uh, something or find a cure for cancer or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> what a waste you know? of energy. And then you can earn yeah. some money out of it instead of holding people hostage. Right. <laughs> because they're that good that they have caught so many people. Because I've received two messages in the last two days of could you please help us get our account back Wow! from being hacked. And that's just the last two days. I get several a week. Mm. Because and it's the guys from Turkey. They're still doing it. The same people. Yes. They need to be thrown in jail. No kidding. They really do. Like, like they just really the emotional to. damage and the emotional like stress of all of that is insane because yeah, you know your social media is kind of a place where you go to like take care and interact with your followers and and right. chat with your right. fans and just it can be such a positive, great platform for people. But I know hack that and hold it ransom i'm like oh scum of the earth <laughs> yeah and, and then they would send my so-called friends messages and ask for money or mm -hmm. they would say pretend that they were that i was doing it and sending like an opportunity if they clicked on blah 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 or whatever so it was well i'm glad you got it back and oh. You know, so now I'm afraid to click on anything. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I learned my lesson. I feel you. Oh, yeah. I remember my Facebook got hacked once, and I was like, after I got that all sorted out, I was just like, I don't want to touch anything except what I know and who I know. And, yep. You know. Oh, I yep. did, did a thing, and they're like, your, your email, your Outlook password was in a hack. And I'm like, what? So how long is it? And that was like months. And months. They're like, yes, yeah, this got leaked like months ago. And I'm like, how long has my password just been sitting in a, a leak somewhere? <laughs> like, went and changed everything. Like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean. Oh, the your passwords. It's the lesson. Right. Of <laughs> exactly. The joy and bane of the internet, I tell you. And then I've been told that Instagram or Facebook will not send you things like that. They will not. Mm. So if it looks legit, it's not legit because they will not send that. It's like the calls from the IRS. The IRS won't call you. They do not call right. you. Everything's snail mail. <laughs> it takes yeah. forever. The government is still on snail mail, so. It's moving fast. That's how you know it's a scam. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I learned I learned my lesson with that. Mm. And, so, and hopefully other people will too. Yeah, yeah. Good to share and raise awareness. <laughs> yeah. So when you started teaching, did it feel like people maybe not took you as seriously as they would have a male counterpart? I don't think so. Okay. I don't ever remember that. No, because I, I started teaching drumline at mm -hmm. the school, the high school, 
-hmm. and then I always had a few stragglers, just private lessons at home. But when once they saw what I could do, as far as rudimentally, they were blown away, and they knew that I I knew what I was talking about because okay. they were just in high school. Right. Yeah. And so you know, the, then the word started to spread, and you know, then I, when I started working at the music store, we would have different drum sets coming in on you know on shipments all the time and i put them all together i tuned them so all the, mm. the local drummers coming in the store would see what i could do you know i had the drums set up perfectly tuned because a lot of music stores you go in they don't they're not set up they have the tom <laughs> here and the tom over yeah. there and, <laughs> and they sound terrible but i would tune them you know to a t and uh then on the electric kits if the store was kind of dead i'd sit down and start chopping on the electric kit and they'd walk in the store and be like whoa that lady What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> i want one of those if i get that will i sound like that <laughs> so i don't think i ever know as far as teaching goes now gigs i will say that i have been snubbed just for the fact i think because because i'm not and never have been, you know, like a wild woman that's out there smoking a cigarette and drinking and cursing and wearing, you know, sexy leather garb and playing drums. I probably could have gotten plenty of jobs like that. <laughs> but, you know. Fishnets on. Yeah, yeah, fishnets, black fishnets, short, <laughs> short a little leather top, long blonde hair that I could just, yeah, I would have probably Hired. played a lot. But I think... You know, I got snubbed, and they just would hire the guys. They could cuss and, you know, talk dirty and didn't have to worry about me being around and so being, you know, being the only lady in the band. So I think, you know, the guys would get the job before I would in a lot of the cases. I think that's what happened in this last case, too. Mm. Yeah, it's like it, I can easily imagine that if you don't fit their stereotype, and then it's right, kind of, right. Well, there was, there was four, five other guys counting the sound guy, and then me. And so, you know, when I get there, they would already be there, sitting at a table having something to drink and all. And I could tell the conversation just kind of changed when I oh. got there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, they loved. That I'm the one that helped them put the band together as far as sound and everywhere we went, people would just take pictures and mm -hmm. video all of all of us because they loved the band. It sounded good. Uh, so I, I feel like, you know, I was part of getting them started. Uh, mm -hmm. But, you know, now they're now they have somebody else. But I don't even know how much they're playing because of yeah. COVID. But I'll I know that Myrtle Beach, the bands are back playing because I, I heard, you know, on the radio on Friday night, they'll say who's who's where on Friday and who's where oh, on, cool. on Saturday night. Yeah, because <clears throat> we have a lot of venues all along the the beach front. Mm. And but I don't know if they're playing. I haven't I haven't gone out. My husband won't let me go out and see him. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, no. Double down. Stay <laughs> <laughs> at home. You're good. <laughs> no, that's challenging though, and I think, I think it can be so frustrating to feel 
just like you're not a part of that boys club and I know I, I experienced that a couple times in academia and I just I don't even think that some of the like my male colleagues or some of the professors I had I don't think they realized they were even doing it but it was like the frustrating thing of like this is the unspoken language between us is I'm essentially not good enough because I'm a woman and you're gonna easily like be way nicer to my male colleagues than you are to me and it was always frustrating to just to uh, be I like I, I see this and it's yeah I think uh, I, I'm I'm agreeing I'm thinking that's that's what it was but I have I never had to play for a living anyway because my husband always worked a good job, you know, nine to five type job. And and any of the money that I ever made <clears throat> was just extra. And I always bought the kids, you know, clothes and shoes and, you know, go out to eat and stuff like that. So I always used my gig money. Or I, if you could I was like, drum set. If you could see the stuff that's up here. Drum toys. Uh, yeah. <laughs> a lot of stuff and i bought all of it you know with my gig money yeah so, but yeah. you know i never had to play i the only reason i would have to play is just for you know my sanity just mm -hmm. you can yeah. go so long but then you think oh i gotta go out and play somewhere so it had been since last really last uh november not this past november but last year november was my last gig with them mm. and i think i played a christmas church concert or cantata or whatever in december and then january february february they were already talking about covid mm -hmm. so it'd been that long <clears throat> so december of this year comes up and i get a call from one of the really nice or real good uh keyboard players here in town he was putting a band together for a Christmas party up at this golf club. Hmm. It was a country club, so it was a big room and the stage was really, really big. So we weren't close to anyone. We right. were probably we were probably at least sixty feet or more away from even oh. people that came in to eat dinner. Wow. But we didn't wear masks. And hmm. I caught COVID. Oh. Oh. And then I gave it to my husband. So, oh. yep. So we played. We played. Um, wow. We rehearsed on Monday and oh. Wednesday, and we played the gig on Thursday. And Friday morning, I woke up with. <clears throat> I was like, <clears throat> I think I'm getting a chest cold. Yeah. That's all I thought. I didn't think it was COVID. Yeah. So I said, oh, I think I'm getting a chest cold. But you know, I played last night, but it wasn't the. They couldn't smoke in there, so it wasn't from that. Yeah, but I didn't feel I didn't feel bad, and then um, Saturday came and Sunday came, and I I felt it a little bit more, but not still mm -hmm. not bad where I felt sick or anything. Monday I get a call, and it's the keyboard player, and he said I just tested positive for COVID. Oh. Mm. I said. I said, oh my gosh, I've had symptoms since Friday. I don't know if they're cold symptoms or if they're, he said, well, go get tested. So my husband and I got tested on Tuesday and he tested positive too. Wow. And he and didn't even go to the gig. 
<laughs> he, did, he did come and pick up my help me pack up my gear but i don't know how he caught it that quick but we both tested on friday and got the oh, tuesday we got the results on friday and it mm -hmm. said we both had it mm. yeah man did you have any like loss of taste or smell or anything that's how by wednesday i was like i do have covid we didn't have the results yet yeah and my husband's like and he would just had cold symptoms in his head mm -hmm. he said how do you know and i said i cannot smell or taste a thing so i knew i knew yeah. that test was going to be positive and it was that's but what luckily, happened luckily we didn't get any sicker than that that's he, good I ended up getting it and I, I took the, I felt like I had the whole gamut of symptoms and I'm still oh. two months later, I'm like recovering. I just can't get it. Like, I feel like I can't catch my breath, but I knew I, I was like, I took my test and then I ordered a coffee and I got like a white mocha and I was like, this tastes like hot water. They made, I was like, they didn't put anything in this coffee. And so I'm drinking it and I'm like kind of upset because I'm like, I just paid $4 for coffee. I don't do this very often. What the hell? And then I was like, oh, no, they put sugar in here. I just can't taste it. I was like, it oh, was no, it looks thing. like a coffee. It was a weird thing. Yeah. It was so weird because I've had colds before where you were just all congested. And, and you're kind of like, really oh, taste I can't anything. really taste. Yeah. And then... but this was totally different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Different feel. You couldn't smell anything or taste yeah. anything. It was weird. Oh. Yeah. So that was my really my worst symptom. That's good. Oh, I'm glad. I never, because I have asthma and everything. So I was mm -hmm. praying that nothing <gasps> yeah. was going to develop, develop in there. And it, it didn't. It went away. Oh, that's so good. So that's that's my biggest fear. Those... Yeah, I lucked out. Oh, yay. <laughs> wow. That's, uh... I had to play that one stupid gig. Funny. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I know mine was my boyfriend's fault. I didn't even, he went traveling and went hunting with his family, came back four days later was sick. Four days later, I got sick and I was like, I didn't even get to go do anything fun. Like, damn it. So I guess I, if I had the first symptoms on Friday, you know, I slept with my husband on that Thursday night mm -hmm. and then he tested on Tuesday. So that was enough days to give it yeah. to him that quick, I guess. Yeah. yeah. I caught it pretty quick. Yeah. My boyfriend. Yeah. Oh, 2020. That, that makes me so sad that the, the one venture you do is like I know, my a only, horror story of, I got COVID. <laughs> the first and only gig that I played for a whole year and I had to get, get COVID. Because you hear like, oh, you go, all it takes is one time. And you're like, nah, I'll be okay. <laughs> Right. <laughs> nope. I, I just felt uh -huh. dumb because there were uh, three horn players, a rhythm guitar, say three horn, a rhythm guitar, bass guitar, a lady singer, a keyboard, and who sang, and mm -hmm. then me. So there was eight, eight of us. Well, mm -hmm. I went in with a mask, but none of them had a mask on, so I felt stupid. Mm -hmm. So I took it off. And it's hard to have that. I feel like there's that like unspoken, like, okay, if they're not wearing it, then like, I won't wear it. Or like, if somebody's like super adamant, then it's like, everyone kind of is like, oh yeah, I guess maybe, I don't know. It's so complex. I know. I wish somebody would have said, why don't you guys, you know, put masks on, but they didn't wear them. I went into rehearsals, yeah. two rehearsals. 
they didn't have them on. I did. Mm -hmm. So once I got up on the the drum thrown up higher, I took mine off. Mm. <sighs> yeah. And I even feel like at that point you're like, well, I'm breathing in what they're like. This isn't even going to help. It's just for me to protect yeah. them. And yeah. 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 Because I could have still gotten it. If, yeah. We're in the mask. Because he was breathing there. And so yeah. his masks aren't that protective. It could have gotten yeah. underneath there or whatever. Man. <laughs> I never know. You're okay, though. Oh. <laughs> yeah, me too. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Couple of interviews where I'm, I'm gone <laughs> from this podcast because I'm <laughs> just incapacitated from COVID. <laughs> I would text her to check up on her. And I was like, So, how are you doing? She's like, I'm alive, but not doing this one. <laughs> like, okay. It's real. I can't put anything together. <laughs> See, I didn't, I didn't even take a nap. I never reclined in my chair or anything. I was still up here teaching oh, lessons, man. everything. That's wow. great. I never went to bed any earlier. I've had That's great. <laughs> I've had bronchitis like every every winter I would get bronchitis. One time it turned into pneumonia. Oh. I I didn't have any of those bad symptoms with this. That's crazy. That's that's yeah. great though that you didn't have yeah. to experience that. But you would think like okay, you're I know asthma you've had a history of bronchitis I like i was using my inhaler just on a precaution mm -hmm. and then i was using uh the goalie gummies mm -hmm. that i'm representing i was taking those like crazy <laughs> maybe that maybe that hey. <laughs> know. never works man that's awesome <laughs> yeah because i never got a, a severe case of it that's, that's good drink pl plenty of fluids and i never got sick sick you know from it Oh, that's that's really good. <laughs> yeah, count my blessings on that one. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so, um, let's see. How about how about what was one of your biggest highs and lowest low uh, in your percussion? Need? Well, I already told you the the lowest low because <laughs> I had written down knowing that I could play in any of the bands in town, but the guys, they, the drummers that they asked were all, all guys. I would mm. say that was kind of the lowest low, but my highest high was, I'd have two of them. Uh, being in the symphony, when Ray Charles came into town, they oh needed God. some symf symphony members. They okay. needed auxiliary <laughs> percussion. So I played congos and a uh, little bit of bongo, triangle, shaker, tambourine. And then my that lady friend, she played some timpani. And so we got to play a concert on stage with Ray Charles. Wow. And I that have so many chills. That's so cool. Oh that my was God. amazing. Yeah. And then the other was just being invited by Drumeo to Vancouver. Because for one, I had to fly there all by myself. That was a long way from yeah. Beach to Vancouver. <laughs> yeah. And I had never flown where you have to have like a passport. And I didn't know about going through lines and all. You know, I was kind of yeah. nervous flying by myself. So, yeah. and then getting out there and then just being in a motel by myself because my husband and I do everything together. So, yeah. you know, I was out in Vancouver all by myself. And then, <laughs> like, what do we do? <laughs> it's like, and then just going to 
Drumio, they picked me up every day and just being there all day long and just shooting these videos, you know, I would just do one and then they'd say, okay, cut, do another one, you know, cut, do wow. another one. And so I did a whole bunch of them. And so they're all wow. like in their ar archives now at Drumio. So that was, that was an honor because when they called, I had been watching, you know, all the top drummers that mm -hmm. have been on Drumio for a long time. And then they called me and I said, are you sure you want me? <laughs> we do. Oh, what an like, honor. Wow, what can I do out there, you know, compared to the, I'm comparing myself to the other drummers. Right. Who have played in all these amazing bands and perform for a living. And then there's just me, a housewife who loves to play drums. <laughs> so, <laughs> they said, yes, we want you. We've got some things planned and that's when I got there they had you know that little skit that I did you saw me when I was trying out for that that band and I, we had, you went to a church and I walked down you know had to say a couple of lines and, mm -hmm. and, and so they had all that planned out and then that egg challenge and stuff oh. they wanted me to do and so <laughs> I'm like I'm not an actress I didn't know I was coming out here to do, to do acting don't worry, we'll just she'll just keep shooting. Just just read that, it again. <laughs> that's what they that's what they said. So it was funny. But that well, was fun. Had a ball. That's cool. Yeah. Man, what an honor. How cool. So I'd say that was my high. Mm. Yeah. That's, I think that's a pretty good one. That's pretty damn good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Those are awesome. I like that. Were you able to meet Ray Charles after the concert? No. Oh, <laughs> so we did an afternoon rehearsal like you would normally mm -hmm. with the music director. And then, you know, we had supper break or dinner break, whatever you want to call it. And then we got dressed in our blacks and then go out on the stage and we played one or two tunes. And then his escort, you know, brought him in by his arm and he came, got behind the piano and did his thing. And then when his part was over, they took his arm, took him backstage. We, you know, played another number, I think. And then what does a drummer do after that? He can't just put his violin in the case and go home. Right. He had to clear that whole stage. Oh, man. <laughs> he was long gone. We never, none of us met him. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, and we, I uh. Get to, I did get a, a summertime gig we did. Um. It was supposed to be five days a week and sometimes seven days, seven times a week wow. with a couple of matinees. And that was with Barry Williams from the Brady Bunch. Oh, okay. He was in it, he was in it with his guitar. Heck and yeah. Debbie Boone. I don't know if you've ever heard of Debbie Boone is way before your time, but, you know, she was. She sounds her, familiar. Well, her father is Pat Boone and he's. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. And um, then Doc Antle, the, the guy with the the lions and the tigers that was just oh. on this, that show. <laughs> yeah. He was there. He was there in the show too with his animals. Oh, wow. And oh. I was, you know, I was in the, I wasn't the drummer. I was the percussionist. So I played congas and all the auxiliary stuff for that show too. Where so was this? That was, that was cool. fun. It was, where was it? Yeah. Is that, it was here at one of the theaters in Myrtle Oh, Beach okay. We have, we have several theaters. Yeah. 
I was trying to think. Uh, they came up to Upper Michigan, like the peninsula. Did this? I was, I was <laughs> no, so confused no, for a second. <laughs> it was, everything that I've done is is here in my oh, okay. Because I've been here since 1970. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, because my my husband is from here. Oh, okay, so okay. I've been here a long time. Yeah, that's okay. You've got roots now. <laughs> that's right. That's right. The only thing that I did was drum and bugle corps in Michigan, and um, then I played in a f- you know few bands, and then left when I was nineteen. I left. So, wow. Got married. Start a new life. <laughs> yeah, it does yeah. that. <laughs> uh, well, back then, a lot of kids got married right out of high school. But at least I did wait two summers after I graduated. Hey, there yeah. you go. <laughs> I think I this through. <laughs> I met my wife uh, right after high school. She was freshman year in college, and uh, it's 10 years later now, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, back then, everybody got married young. Now, Nowadays, people don't. Right. Yeah. Now people got married Right after graduation, they would marry their sweetheart that they had been dating all through high school. Mm-hmm. So, it was yeah. a common thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I guess my last question for you was: you, uh, you were quoted by an interview previously that said you said, uh, "Real musicians hear music and rhythm in his or her head twenty-four hours a day." Um, I just curious why you say that or if uh i act i think i actually put do you still believe that so yeah well, is that something that we can be taught or is that just like an inherent thing no i think i think it's just you're just born with it now i might not be hearing musical notes but mm-hmm. i'm hearing being a drummer i'm hearing rhythms and like if i come up the steps i have to come up the steps uh to get up here in the studio <laughs> So I'm walking up, but I'm hearing each when I get to the top. Or if I'm walking from a parking lot into Mm -hmm. a mall or whatever, Mm -hmm. I'm just walking. And then before I know it, I'm thinking. (laughs) I love it. It's just, it's always in my head. (laughs) Sometimes it will drive you crazy, but it's just there. Oh, yeah. And it's there in the kitchen when I'm waiting for, you know something to boil i'm tapping on the counter and <laughs> get the evil eye from my husband but it's just there, <laughs> you know. yeah when you when you have spent so many hours practicing uh i just don't know how you turn it off completely mm. like if you've rehearsed and rehearsed and rehearsed for days for a big performance when you go to bed you really can't oh, yeah. sleep a good night's sleep you can't Right. Because you're going over and over and over that music in your head, making sure you have such and such a part perfect and all. Mm-hmm. And so I'm always hearing something in my head, whether it's a tune or if it's just just rhythms, mm-hmm. things that I've taught that day. Yeah, I understand so that. that. In a way, that tells me if somebody says, no, I don't hear anything, that kind of tells me that. They're not feeling it like I am, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't really think that they would advance 
to from step to step, you know, getting higher and higher in their level of performance. If they're not like this one lady that I'm teaching, she's having problems with just being smooth and singles. I said, you could just do this on your chest, you know, just this locks in those rhythms. One, two, three, four, one and a two and a three and a four and a, or you're just standing in line at the grocery store. Just tap, tap your knees or something just to keep it fresh in your mind. But if mm -hmm. you never think of a rhythm until you sit down with sticks and then you say, okay, now what was that rhythm? You should have already known what that rhythm was. Mm -hmm. Just like paradiddles when they first learn paradiddles, right, left, right, right, left, right, left, left. If you're not thinking right, left, right, right, left, right, left, left, da, 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 throughout the day, when you pick up the sticks, you're like, what was that again? Right, left, <laughs> right, right, left, right, left, left. Well, you know, what kind of practice is that? But right. if you're thinking them, you, you already know. Da, 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 mm -hmm. da. So you, you're ready for it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what a real drummer or a real musician would do. A guitarist mm -hmm. might be thinking air chords. Do, 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 do. You know, where was I? Oh, yeah, that was a seventh, a minor, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. That's what a real guitarist does. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Don't you agree? Yeah. yeah. I can relate to that as a vocalist. I remember, like, okay. you start singing everything, and then, like, my poor dog, mm -hmm. two golden doodles. I sing to them all the time. They get Their names get put in everything, and they're just, like, looking at me, and I'm like, I don't know. I sing everything. <laughs> like, I'm singing when I'm waiting. Right. I'm singing, cooking yeah, see, eggs. And... I don't sing, but <laughs> that's what you do. Yeah. So, so I, know, I can I really drums like, and rhythms. Yeah. Not be tapping, but I'm like thinking of melodies in my head and listening right. to the water boil and thinking of a melody as it's boiling. And <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what that's what you should be doing if you're going to be a musician. It's just there, and you kind of you kind of can steer into it and enjoy it, and it is a little frustrating when it's eleven thirty at night and you're trying to sleep, but. <laughs> yeah. And you're like still singing the Mozart Requiem in your head because you've been practicing it for three months. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes it is. It's aggravating because it doesn't let you relax. Yeah. Because your, your mind is just going over and over and over it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I just started working at Home Depot and working on the, the forklift. And the uh, beep of the forklift that? comes in a certain rhythm yes and so then all of a sudden i'm thinking just all the time in my head i'm just like oh my gosh or uh i'd be like getting deep when i don't forklift i'd be like singing along the backup alarm like doing arpeggios oh i love it or we live in a very hispanic area and so i hear the clave rhythm all the time or um you know the 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 boom 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 you know of the popular hispanic songs and then i'll finally i'll realize that i hear that even when i'm just like at work and <clears throat> you know tapping some pieces of wood together just like yeah it's it's like a sickness really yeah, it is god <laughs> music friends are like what is wrong with you and I'm like uh -huh. oh i know my wife has asked me before, I was like, can't you just stop? <laughs> I really can't. I can't. I can't so that's the bad thing. And so when people say, 
uh, that they used to play. I used to play really well back you know, 30 years ago, but I don't understand why would you quit? Mm. I like that. Unless you've taken something else up in its, in its space, but I just can't imagine just stopping music. I could imagine stopping, you know, working at Walmart or something, you know, right. <laughs> but, but something like so intricate that all these patterns and all these chords and notes and what all that you've learned, mm-hmm. you just can't stop them. They're there. Muscle memory. Yeah. Oh yeah. I remember we were in my undergrad, we were trying to teach kids <clears throat> simple, you know, polyrhythms like three versus four or something. Yeah. And our teacher was like, if you can't do it, just walking around campus, you know, and keep walking around with your feet kind of subdividing, then you're not going to be able to do it when you have to play it in front of us or play a concert or anything. Mm -hmm. So you have to be thinking it ahead. Mm -hmm. You can't just pick it up uh, when you get to a rehearsal. You have to know it before you get there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, oh. I love <laughs> so good to talk to other musicians and go yep i do that too <laughs> i'm not alone <laughs> despite what my friends say <laughs> right <laughs> my husband's brother lives oh, okay. next door and wife and they don't they don't care about my drums they never really heard me play drums ever <laughs> oh, wow. they know that i play up here what? and they might hear you know some drums coming through the wall or whatever but they've never walked up and said you know can i hear you play you know i'd love to see what you do yeah (laughs) he has another brother too that's one neighborhood over and a wife and and they have children they've never come up to see my my room nobody wow world-class drummer and they're just not even taking advantage (laughs) nope don't even care Oh, it's so, so funny. I don't, have any, I don't have anybody to talk to. <laughs> it's good. It's good to find other musicians. <laughs> it is. It is. I have a couple of uh, former students that <clears throat> they'll call me and, and or I'll call them to tell them something exciting. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, I might mention it to my husband, but it just kind of goes in one ear and out the other. He doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't have any clue. So even no, though his I... name is James Taylor. His name is James Taylor. (laughs) (laughs) But he doesn't know anything about music. Oh, my goodness. Oh, boy. (laughs) Well, I know it's getting late there. Um, Yes. It's 1030. Oh, you're you're out on the the West Coast then. I'm in Mountain Standard. So I have eight. Mountain Standard? That's two hours? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just an hour behind you, so. Oh, okay. It's um, kind of cool to think we can be in three different time zones, just chatting away. It, I know. Or let alone <laughs> teach students in Singapore and India, and you know. Yeah. So the girl that's in India, I mean uh, Singapore, we have to do hers late, because, like, uh, nine thirty. Nine thirty in the morning for her is like 10 30 here mm. p.m oh wow so the, yeah so i'm like okay i'll do a drum lesson 
<laughs> yeah, we interviewed a, a. By the time I get up in the morning to get ready and all, then she's going to bed. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. Yeah, yeah, we interviewed a man who lives in Japan about a shakuhachi flute, and he it was like ten o'clock in the morning his time, but it was like the eight nine p.m. <laughs> our time the day after or the day before so <laughs> oh, yeah yeah well see yeah because she's it's probably nine thirty the next day yeah, <laughs> yeah it's the next day it's yeah. the next day for her yeah yeah oh, uh, time zones <laughs> yes yeah, i don't really understand how that works but <laughs> but one of the students that i have is a half hour different like Oh. 11 and a half hour i didn't know that there was such a thing i didn't know that existed that's wild and it might be the it might be the india person okay it's it's wow. like 11 and a half hours difference i'm like where did the half come in oh no kidding like <laughs> i thought 11 was tough but 11.5 is not <laughs> uh, <laughs> that extra half hour <laughs> i'm pretty sure that's where, where that he's the one that it's um Ten and a half or eleven and a half hours difference. Oh, that's I didn't know that. I learned something new today. <laughs> well, Google it to make sure, but I'm pretty sure that's what he told me. Wow. I think I did Google it though and, and it was right. Wow. <laughs> the more you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe well, we I should do it. a little farewell and then okay. we'll hit we'll stop recording and then we'll do an actual farewell. Okay. Sound good? Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much for stopping in with us and talking about drumming and um, and being a musician in a way. <laughs> it was great to talk to you and to meet you. And uh, you're, you're an inspiration, at least for me, and I know a bunch of other people. So, Well, thank you so much. I enjoyed it. And, yeah. you know, I'm just here for... Uh, education part of it right now just enjoying working and and teaching all the students that are really getting into and and wanting to be a good drummer uh, i'm there for uh, for their technique and get them going oh that's awesome we need more people like you <laughs> <laughs> so happy you're around well thanks so much thank you Thanks for listening to the Sounds of the World podcast. We hope you enjoyed the episode. There are links to everything in the episode description and also on our website. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Sounds of the World. To show support for Sounds of the World podcast, please join our Patreon, where you can have access to our after-party discussions with guests, discounted merchandise, and even more. If you have any questions, answers, or episode suggestions, please email us at Sounds of the world podcast at gmail.com. Well, Bill, I think I'm going to go have a beer now. Hey, there you go. <laughs>